1: I love the Raiders most of all I love to win you're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network
2: what's up everybody welcome back to an off-season edition of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network Jimmy Durkin Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Tashawn Reed, we believe is sleeping in an airport somewhere. He uh, he couldn't quite make it here today, but uh, we'll move on without him. As we discussed the Raiders offseason, we're about uh, a little over a month away from training camp and really on the field, a relatively quiet offseason for the Raiders. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that not much was, uh, was available to be observed for reporters at the OTA sessions and the mini camp. Uh, they didn't really do any team workouts uh, in front of the the media, they uh, they kind of kept those inside, so uh, not a whole lot to to glean and really analyze from what the Raiders have done on the field. Obviously, off the field, uh, some big news was made Monday when Carl Nassib came out as gay, becoming the first active NFL player to come out as gay. And uh, you know, obviously, a big moment across the league, a big moment for Carl, and I think uh, it has to be a testament to the fact that. A, you know, he felt comfortable enough to do it and, and I think felt comfortable enough in the environment within the Raiders. So, you know, just got to be happy for him that, uh, you know, spending five years in the NFL, not being able to quite be yourself uh, has probably been tough on him. And, you know, you just, just wish him the best of luck and he's just a football player and he's going to go out there and, and try to do the best for the Raiders.
3: Yeah, obviously um, a very cool moment for him, I'm sure, and a big one for on the league, I think. He mentioned it took him 15 years to do this, he was agonizing over it for a long time just to... Kind of, you know, this. And he realized he's a happy person. He wants to be true to himself and kind of also help out. He mentioned um, the Trevor Project, which he made, uh, I think, a hundred thousand dollar donation to, and they work with uh, suicide for prevention for uh, LGBTQ kids. I just think that's uh, really important that uh, people can look at him as an example. These young kids who are having trouble as someone who made it his way and is in a, a league where he definitely stands out, and maybe more guys will be comfortable coming out now. So just, uh, it's a big moment for the league and also. Uh, for Carl in particular.
1: Yeah, I think the fact that it took him 15 years to make this decision and the fact that he's the first active NFL player to come out. And yeah, players that come out after their careers, it just shows you how how hard it is to to do that type of thing in, in an environment like the NFL. So really brave of him. And hopefully there are more people that feel like they can come out and talk about their sexual orientation if they feel like it.
2: We do want to talk about the biggest topics out of the, the minicamp. Vic, you were there in Vegas for the Raiders minicamp. And I think maybe probably the number one story to, to come out of that is that 2020 first round pick Damon Arnett almost seems like an afterthought. Does not look like he is lined up at this moment to be a starter. That would seem to be Trayvon Mullen and Casey Hayward. Doesn't look like he's going to be the guy in the slot either. A first round pick a year later who might not be factoring as a starter. That is not a great look.
3: Yeah, I was a little, I mean, I definitely, you heard some rumblings, but I was a little surprised to see it myself and to hear some things from people in the building. I just think that when they when they signed Casey Hayward, uh, I thought that, you know, obviously they have him, a, a guy, a veteran guy everyone likes and well-respected and knows Gus Bradley's system. I thought he and Arnett would, would fight for the uh, starting outside quarterback spot. With the loser probably going inside the slot is what I figure. And that has played a little bit in college, not much, but definitely has some skill set that might work there. But I thought you'd want him on the field regardless because of the way you picked him. Obviously, yeah, at some point, you're very high on the kid. But uh, right now, it looks like they pretty much have given Hayward the, that one job outside opposite Trayvon Mullen. And at the slot, you got Nevin Lawson, who it seems like he's definitely taking control of that job. And rookie Nate Hobbs is kind of the guy behind him fighting for it also. So I think. Um, Really, Arnett does not factor in at all in terms of those two spots. Looking right now like a backup to both um, just kind of like maybe third or fourth cornerback uh, on the outside, which, again, he's had some troubles last year, but also a lot of you know problems off the field as far as COVID and uh, he some injuries. So I just think that there's probably excuses to say why he probably deserves another shot to kind of take a step up. But at this point, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It seems like he definitely is, is not being counted on uh, for a big role uh, next season.
1: That's pretty interesting. This, you know, we heard that he did get bigger and looked like he added some size, which he he lacked last season. But yeah, just for them to just give the job to Hayward right off the bat, seems like they're trying to give him a, a wake-up call. So they, they might not be happy about something he's doing, whether it's, it's work ethic or just not learning, picking up defense fast enough. But it is pretty concerning for a guy that, you know, you spend a first-round draft pick to get last season to be already riding for a bench for Casey Hayward who really struggled last season he has a lot to prove he has to prove that he can get back to the level he played at before because he just didn't play at a very high level last season
2: well in terms of another guy who needs to get back to his high level of play uh Corey Littleton uh some talk now that he might not be playing on the inside he might get moved to outside linebacker in Gus Bradley's system
3: yeah, Gus was saying it's early, obviously. So these guys are still wearing shorts. They won't see him in pads. But it looks like his first inclination is kind of maybe to move out to the Sam spot. He likes him on the edge a little bit. He also likes his cover skills. I think that's also a big, big part of his role. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Morrow gets a bigger role inside and they move wilton outside, which, again, I think if you're looking for a way to get some more production out of Corey—that's maybe the way to go. Because last year he struggled, and people are going to blame the system or Paul Gunther. But at some point, you got to look at the player also. So I think guys are trying to figure out where these guys best fit. I like the idea of trying different things. Maybe, uh, maybe a, a change of scenery will be good for for
1: Corey. I think uh, with Sam, I-, I wrote this when Bradley was first hired. They don't really have a guy who fits the um, the prototypical Sam in that system, and Littleton is the closest to fitting that. Type of position, So, you know, I, I thought that they could experiment with him there a little bit. He doesn't have that, you know, classic, really strong hands guy that could knock you back type of strength. But he has the, the length and um, athleticism to play that position. But I, I don't think they're going to be playing a ton of base anyways. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how he, he plays there. But I, I think they move him there more because of necessity. I, I just don't think they have that many guys that could play that position.
2: If we're looking at guys that are going to be counted on to make, you know, maybe the biggest stride possible, if the Raiders are going to really take that next step, I think Henry Ruggs, obviously another of the Raiders first round picks from last year is probably at the top of that list. Uh, The Raiders need to see him really emerge and become uh, the true. Deep receiving threat, short, intermediate. He needs to be, you know, a dynamic receiver that they thought they were getting. Vic, what did you see from him? Looks like he's maybe gotten a little bigger, or stronger. I mean, that that's one thing I know they went into the offseason asking out of him is that he needs to get stronger to be able to, to kind of fight off those defenders, get in and out of his breaks. What do you see out of Henry Ruggs going into year two?
3: Yeah, he definitely is a little bigger. I think that's a key, like you mentioned, a key part of it. And uh, yeah, John Gruden didn't say much in his, in his first time talking with us in a while. But he did say that Ruggs looks a lot better than he did last year. So I think just the first impression coming in this year is a lot better as far as a guy who can maybe be a little tougher on his routes, kind of make the cuts a little harder, a little more physical. So obviously he has the top-end speed, the Kind of take a top off the of defense, but they want a little more. In range, I think just kind of get him, get him going on the slants. Maybe he can win some more balls on the inside. So I think at this point, they're definitely um, excited about the progress he's made. And hopefully, and John said it's also on him. They have to give him a bigger role. I think last year, they didn't give him, I think, enough. I think they had to keep going to him and, and try and, and get him going. So hopefully this year, he's a bigger part of the offense
1: and is able to take advantage of that by being bigger himself. Yeah, I think the things that he struggled with last season, obviously, is just – trying to pick up John Gruen's offense because it's a very high volume offense. It can be tough on any rookie, uh, especially at at the receiver position. And like you mentioned, he needed to get bigger and he, he did get bigger. And we'll see how that translates on the field because the things he struggled with, even in college, were getting off press coverage and getting rerouted by guys so he got bigger, and we're gonna to have to see it on the field. He can't get pushed around by corners at the line of scrimmage, and he can't get pushed around while he's running routes. Because when that happens, you just your speed gets negated. So it doesn't matter how fast you run; if you can't get off press and you you can't get away from physical coverage, then you get slowed down.
2: You know, another guy who got bigger, and, and Vic has a story coming out shortly on this is uh, Yanik Ngankwe. Uh, obviously, probably their biggest free agent signing, a guy that can be a true dynamic edge rusher he's never had fewer than eight sacks in the season career high is 12 and a half and uh, the Raiders are really banking on him being somebody that can come in and, and elevate their pass rush but uh, he does have a history where he's not been great against the run well he adds 12 pounds of muscle which uh, is something you think should boost his ability to uh, to play the run what are the expectations right now out of and Ngongwe obviously he has experience in Gus Bradley's system he was drafted by Bradley in Jacksonville and, and reunites with the coach who we played for as a rookie.
3: They're pretty high. I mean, I think, obviously, they liked him, you know, when they signed him. Obviously, based on track records, a proven pass rusher, a veteran guy. have not had that in a long time here since, since Mac left, I think. um So that's one thing. And then he comes in. He adds the added muscle. He looks a lot bigger. Definitely is fired up. Definitely saying all the right things. He wants to be a leader. He and Max Crosby are going to be the top duo in the league, he says. I think... um just a guy who comes in with the right attitude, definitely realizes that they've had some problems here in the past. And says, you know what? This is a new era. This is kind of like we're starting from scratch here, and I'm going to be a big part of the reason why we win. So that's that's huge for a guy to come in with the alpha male role and kind of like take over. And now the key thing is production. If he can um, produce as he has in the past, even better than he has in the past, then this was a really good signing. So I think um, as of right
1: now, at this point in uh, what is it, June, the Raiders are thrilled with uh, Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that he did want to add more size because um, with Bradley's system, traditionally has two different types of ends in his his base package. You have a big end, uh, which plays on a tight end and has to be better at handling the run, and a Leo, which is a weak side end, uh, which is more of a smaller pass rusher, which is positioned position that N'Gokwe played when he played for Bradley, which you expected him to play. But there was a bit of a conflict there because um, Crosby looks like he would have been the Leo and Agakwe is a, a Leo type. So, do you sit one of them and start Farrell on the other side as, as the big end? Or maybe with this added size now, they're more comfortable playing Agakwe on one side and, and Crosby on the other? That's my guess. I think they're um, Max
3: also, uh, Gus mentioned, has worked hard this off season. definitely looks lean. Uh, he went to that Von Miller pass switching summit, and Von very high on him. Just, um, I think last year played with two injuries and he still had seven sacks. So in their mind, and Ngakwe also said this, that Max Crosby can be a top, top player. So I think maybe that is the plan. Maybe that plan is for Ngakwe to get bigger and move to the other side and, and have Max play the Leo. But those guys um, are definitely um, on the same page as having uh, big, big seasons and, and being, like, like, and he said, being a top duo in the league.
2: All right. We are going to take a few questions here before we get out of here and, uh, first one comes up uh, from Robert C. Any word on how the coaches are feeling about Brian Edwards this offseason? Does it seem like he'll be a starter this year? Or are we going to be seeing John Brown end up taking his snaps like Aguilar last year? And I think we do have to add some context to that question. You know, Aguilar jumped into the starting lineup and started grabbing those snaps when Brian Edwards got hurt. Uh, I think it was week two. So it wasn't like Edwards necessarily was was immediately benched. He got hurt, and then he never really regained his spot. But what do we think? Is John Brown really going to be uh, the next Nelson Aguilar and, and end up with that starter job? Or are the Raiders, is John Gruden going to want to get this rookie, this second-year duo going?
1: I think Edwards is going to start, but I think they're going to be rotating John Brown in on certain packages and on, on certain plays. You know, Unless Edwards really just comes in, he, uh, he's in phenomenal shape, and he just kills everybody during training camp really solidifies himself but i i think john brown is a really really talented wide receiver and i, I think they're both going to split snaps though edwards would probably be the starter
3: i agree they start off with uh, rugs and edwards and uh i think i like their depth and i, I keep saying those people think i'm nuts but i think zay jones is gonna be a factor i think zay jones they gave him a raise this past off season and they love his work ethic and he's gotten better since he's been here i think he and derek car have a big rapport they're always you know in the park working out those uh those Twitter photo shoots we see of in the park in Vegas. But um, they're high on Zay Jones. I think he's also a guy. They also like John Brown. But I wouldn't be surprised if Zay Jones has a much bigger role than he did last season.
2: Here's what I appreciate about Vic. He went went big on Nelson Aguilar last year, kept telling us that we were nuts for discounting him and, and was all on Nelson Aguilar. And he's not just resting on that. He's doubling down and taking Zay Jones. Well, to, to I'm, I'm not as here.
3: strong as Zay Jones. I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I'm just saying I think he'll be a factor. I think they like John Brown, but I don't know if John Brown is that far ahead of, of Zay Jones on the depth chart.
2: How many catches for Zay Jones? 25, 30?
3: <laughs> what did he have last year? did he have, he have 20
2: last year? He had 14 last year.
3: Well, I'll say obviously at least double it. So I'm giving him, I'll am give him 28 and, uh, without even thinking about it. But uh, I'll say 35. I'll say 35 to keep it uh, conservative. 35 catches.
2: Another question uh, that focuses on that 2020 draft, although uh, the commenter here does say 2019. But this from Dennis R. Arnett, Muse, why was 2019's draft, obviously this is 2020's actually, why was 2020's draft so bad? Um, didn't even mention Lynn Bowden. I mean, all you can say really there is that it is only one year in. I mean, certainly the fact that our net does not project as a starter right now and Tanner Muse is a guy we don't even talk about as a third round pick doesn't look good. But, you know, they had a great 2019 draft. 2020 wasn't great. Drafting is hard and especially um, the way last year's process was. And again, this year where you didn't get as much time with these guys, it's, it's not easy.
3: I like that, man. Drafting is hard. It is hard, man. You can't. It's amazing when you get on the guy. So I think, uh, especially the Raiders. But um, I definitely think maybe maybe overconfidence was an issue. And I remember Mike Mayock saying how uh, you have three third-round picks is like stealing because you're getting starters in the third round. And that hasn't uh, been the case. I think um, <laughs> Edwards is definitely the best shot to have at a starter. I think the uh, one guy's already gone and the other guy's probably gone uh, soon. So... Uh, yeah, sometimes you just gotta. I mean, you can't reach. And the Raiders have a obviously a habit of reaching. They fall in love with the guys, and uh, in Tam Hughes' case, you know, obviously the Clemson kid. They love, they love all guys from Clemson. And uh, I don't think they really figured the, too much in the fit. They kind of they thought he's a kid, a great kid, aggressive, yada yada yada. But you know, making the, the switch from safety and linebacker is tough, especially if you don't have all the. Uh, the athletic traits do you want at linebacker? So it was a tough move already. And then the system, now i got a new system. So I just think, um, like you mentioned, it is tough for draft picks to make it. And I think in that case, we're looking at these three guys from last year and it has been tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, the jury's still out on Arnett. And um, Arnett is kind of an uh, interesting pick because when you watch his film, you love his film. And coaches love film, obviously. But when you look at some of the other things that scouts look at, like measurables and age... He just does not compare very well in those areas. So it, it's kind of um, interesting that it seems like Arnett is a real coach's pick, but you don't get that scouting perspective when making that kind of pick in the first round.
3: With Arnett, you hear like, all the talk, it's always an old-school guy, he's nasty, he would have played for the old Raiders. But yeah, the problem is we're not, you know, it's 2021, so the, the game has changed a little bit. So I think guys with toughness... That's great, but you got to have the other measurables. And maturity, there was always a knock on his maturity coming out of college, and that may also still be a factor. So I think um, yeah, it wasn't a good year for the Raiders draft-wise, but hopefully they can salvage something out of it this year. We'll see.
2: All right, final question. This one from Gennaro C. Any word yet on whether or not games will be broadcast in the Bay Area? Is this the year Bay Area fans need an out-of-market package? Basically, I would just say as the years go on, it's it's going to be increasingly less likely that – you get them on TV. It's not a, there's no blanket decision that gets made. It's basically the, uh, the stations get to choose what game they're going to pick. I mean, obviously if you have a the 49ers playing and, and they're on Fox and, and Fox has to run it. Um, And there's different rules. If the Niners are playing at the same time, but on the road, they get another game. It certainly, it ends up coming down to say your channel five and it, you have the choice of, a Raiders game against whoever, and there's maybe a, another game that seems more interesting to you. That's, that's your choice. Um, so, i would say yeah i think one game last year did not air in the bay area so we only had one game the raiders have to just be interesting if they're interesting then most of their games are probably going to still be on here if not uh we'll see what happens with the new direct tv package when that all opens up and that becomes available to to more people if you don't have to have uh you know direct tv to get sunday ticket anymore um it's going to eventually be a case where you're going to need the out of area package uh i think to get most games but um for now, I, I would expect you'll still get most, but uh, it's on the Raiders to kind of remain interesting and, uh, and and convince the Bay Area stations to still air them. Is 8-8 eight eight
3: interesting? You can't be 8-8. Eight eight. Remember this year, 17 games. 8-8 oh, yeah. so is eight and eight, eight and impossible.
1: But if it's 8-8, eight eight, do you lose a game? 8-8 and 1. Or it stays the same? 8-1.
3: <laughs> <Eight and one. laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. forgot
1: we've got 17 games now.
3: Yeah, they got probably got to do better than that. I think, uh, you know, like Jimmy said, I think now going forward, I think Bay Area fans, you know, Ability to watch these games can be tied to wins more than ever. So that's probably not been a good sign historically. But, you know, they're trying to be in the upswing. So maybe uh, they could go on and they stay on TV. But I think Jimmy's right. As, as time goes on, you'll probably see less and less games on, on Bay Area TV.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's say, I mean, I don't know what, this is probably a primetime game, I'm sure it is. But let's say, you know, Tampa Bay at New England this year is, is on Channel 5 opposite a Raider game. If you're Channel Five, you're probably uh, you're probably going with uh, with Tampa Bay, New England, but yeah, Raiders got to win, and then uh, and then they'll get more games on TV in the Bay Area. But all right, guys, that'll wrap up this episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. We will be back probably as we get closer to training camp getting underway on July 27th, and uh, we'll see what the Raiders can make out of uh, year two in Las Vegas. Talk to you later.
3: Adios.